We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back for part two of today's Notre Dame midweek rundown. And today I want to talk a, a, a little something different. Normally in this space we talk about you know, guys that need to step up for Notre Dame, coaches and players that need to step up for Notre Dame. And, and I'm going to talk – I want to do something a little different today. I want to talk about the Notre Dame pass game. And we know about all the issues from the pass game. We've talked about them a lot and, and Sam Hartman's problems, coaching problems, scheme problems, receiver problems, receiver coaching problems, receiver focus problems, O-line problems at times, although that's the one area where the offensive line has gotten better in recent games. They've gotten better in pass pro in recent weeks, although there were certainly some issues against Louisville. There was issues against Duke, uh, certainly, and then late against Ohio State. But in recent games, I think the pass protection has gotten a lot better in recent games, so I, I will give them credit for that. But there's been a lot of issues, injuries. We can we can make all the excuses in the world, but at the end of the day, you know who you are, you know the players you have, and you can either say, hey, we're just going to keep making excuses and, and keep make, blaming why we did this and, and you know, why we've done that and all these other problems. And, and Or you can say, hey, let's find some solutions. And there are solutions to be had, in my opinion, with this pass offense. And, and that's been one of my frustrations is they really haven't gone to uh, the, the solutions and done the things necessary. And, I, and I've, I've heard some things from the coaches that make sense. And I've heard some things from the coaches that don't make sense. You know, Coach Parker talking last night about um, you don't do man, you don't, you, you didn't run a lot of play action pass against, against Clemson because they were man coverage. And if, you know, if I'm covering you, I'm covering you. And, and I understand that to a degree and that, that may make sense to some, but that doesn't make sense to me. And the reason it doesn't make sense to me is because a play-action pass isn't always about influencing the man coverage guys. It's also about, you know, with certain concepts, you can run off play-action. You can run, you know, sale concepts. You can run over concepts. You can run double post concepts where maybe you're not influencing the guys in coverage, but what you are influencing is the linebacker depth. You can be you potentially influence the safety depth chart. You know, they did run one play-action pass, and you had three guys wide open. It's like, hey, you know, on, on a bootleg because – on some of the play action stuff where you, you know, run some of your bootlegs and things like that. Yeah. You're in man coverage, but if they see run action as hard as they were playing the run, they're going to fly downhill and you can get guys coming open, which they did against Clemson on the, the pass to, to Holden Stace. Well, on that particular pass play, you not only hold Holden Stace open yet, Eli Raritan open and Enrico Flores open. And if Clemson's not in a corner fire, he would have probably covered Holden Stace or jumped Eli Raritan. And then you would have had Holden Stace, and Rico Flores open, or maybe he takes hold and stays, and then you've got Eli Redden open for what would have been an easy walk-in touchdown. So to me, there are things you can do in, in play-action pass and movement stuff to, to get that going. So it just was one of the things where it's like sometimes you hear things from the coaches and you're just like, 
I, I, do they really believe that? Like, is that really what they think? Or is that just kind of, they're just giving an answer to give us something to write, which is fine. But I hope that that's not necessarily how they feel. And that's, and that's just coach Parker kind of deflecting a little bit uh, in, in order not to throw somebody under the bus or something. I, I don't know. Cause it just didn't make a lot of sense. But the point is there are things that can be done to improve this pass offense. And so I, I did an article today at ourbreakdown.com. I'm going to dive into a little bit now. That's going to get, that's going to talk about five things that I believe I want that the pass offense that the coaches can do, the players can do uh, that will do really two things. One is potentially jumpstart the pass offense. And number two, tell us something about who this team is. And because right now there are portal decisions that need to be made. There are transfer decisions that needs to be made. There are depth chart decisions that need to be made in the offseason moving into next year. And I don't think you have really done what you need to do to find out who you have. And, and I know that for some fans, it's super easy to just say, this guy stinks as a sophomore. That guy stinks as a sophomore. Let's write this guy off. Like Tobias Merriweather is the new favorite whipping boy of Notre Dame fans for some weird reason. You know, and you say, oh, he, he's, he's done. He's done. Well, he has more career catches right now than, than Miles Boykin had through his first two years. Matter of fact, he's kind of close to having as many catches in his first two years as to buy as Miles Boykin had his first three. You know, if he can catch what six balls in the next three games, that's two a game, he's going to have as many catches in two years as Miles Boykin had in three. And people had written off Miles Boykin, and Miles Boykin ended up being a good player. Guys develop at different times, but you need to really push the envelope as a Notre Dame coaching staff to find out who you have and what you have, because if guys don't step up, then you then you need to know you know you need to make some decisions and so that's part of what it is as well. So let's let's dive into these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number one, more movement. Notre Dame has become a very static offense, and this is something that I've complained about in the past. It's, It's a situation where you look at they don't go tempo, which is fine. 
I don't think tempo's the end all be all. I I can live with them not going tempo. That, that, that I I can live with that. Number two, uh, they don't really do a whole lot of movement pre-snap and they don't do enough post-snap movement to really put teams in binds and what you do when you don't if you don't go tempo and you're relatively static and all you really do is just like you know some jets across and some some half motions and your tight ends just do certain things to get in blocking motion it's all very elementary rudimentary stuff that doesn't really put the defense in a bind it doesn't really make the secondary have to make any quick decisions. And when you watch college football, you, you'll see teams that'll do motions and shifts and things like that. And then do along that like post snap movement, post snap switches and different things. And it can really put defenses in binds. And the reality is, is eight out of 10 times, the defense is going to have it figured out and know who's covering who, but the two out of 10 times that they don't, somebody's coming open. And that's why it's it's good to do those things. It's 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 not do it once, and if it doesn't work, you don't go back to it again. It's got to be a part of who you are. If you're going to be a team that does not push the tempo, which is who Notre Dame is, Marcus Freeman seems very allergic to tempo at this point in time, and to a degree I understand it. I don't know that Notre Dame right now has the personnel to be a tempo team even if they wanted to be. I believe that there are times within games that you mix up tempos. Andy Ludwig, for example, someone who does this incredibly well, uh, where he'll mix up tempos and do different things. But you're always kind of poking and prodding and doing different things to try to see how are they going to handle this because if they start handling it this way, then I've got something to come back to. That's all part of play calling and, and doing those different things. And so here's some examples. And this is why I brought up David Shaw yesterday. You want to be a 12 personnel team? Line up like this. You've got twins to the right, two tight ends to the left. That, you know, pre-snap, you shift the tight ends over, then you motion one across. You've just done something to kind of change the leverage, move a guy across, balance the leverage. You've now forced them into some decisions on how they're going to line up in the run game. You know, put two over, have a receiver jet across. Uh, there's different things that you can do. You can motion a receiver across, then shift your two tight ends, and you just went from three-by-one to one side or two-by-two the three by one on the opposite side of what people thought you were going to do. You went from three by one to one side to three by one to the other side. There's all types of things that you can do that are going to give the quarterback a feel on, on what the defense is doing that are going to force the defenses to communicate and make checks and adjustments. There's going to be things that you can do in my opinion, out of like 21 personnel, for example, that can get really interesting to make teams have to make decisions with Jeremiah love, Jadari price, you know, lining up outside doing jet motions, lining up in the backfield, you know, doing things where let's say you've got, you know, you've got, you're, you're in 21 personnel, right? So you've got two receivers, a tight end, two backs. So you line up on a particular play and you go two by two by two, right? So you have tight end and a receiver on one side, Jeremiah Love and a receiver on the other side. And you got Audric Estime in the backfield. And you do something where you are, you know, you can have that two by two. You can motion Jeremiah Love across. All of a sudden you're in a three by one. You can motion him across three by one and run in a run action. And all of a sudden, Jeremiah Love kind of does like a swing pass on the backside. He can do like a reverse action. You can run him on crossers. You can run him on seams. You can run him on arrow routes. You can do things where he starts in the backfield and motions out, starts out, motions back. I mean, there's all types of things that you can do. And, and like I said, eight out of 10 times, it's not going to be something that's deadly to the defense. But the two out of those 10 times that you do, 
they've turned Jeremiah Love loose, or they're so over-focused on Jeremiah Love that they let Chris Tyree sneak through or Jordan Faison sneak through over the top, or or they don't help out on the, on a certain coverage, and now all of a sudden, you know, J- Jaden Greathouse or Rico Flores or Tobias are running a post route. They think their safety help. They're worried about the real route. The safety's worried about this, and all of a sudden, boom, a guy's turned loose. You ever wonder why you watch college football and there's always these games where you're like, how are they getting these guys wide open? It's because they do a lot of things like this, because they do pre-snap movement. They'll have a guy in motion and then at the snap, cr- cross them. They'll do post-snap switches, uh, things along those lines where, you know, guy comes in motion, outside guy runs up the seam, outside guy goes like this. Sometimes they're going to cover it well. Sometimes they're going to turn, two guys are going to run with a guy and turn a guy loose. But when you don't do those things, when you're very static, when all you do is mesh concepts and four verts, basically teams are going to be able to like, okay, we got this. We know what's coming. And teams just kind of sit on it. So to me, doing more things from a movement standpoint, pre-snap, uh, out of 11 personnel, out of 12 personnel, out of 21 personnel, all of it, doing things that more more things out of that so you're just not so static and just stationary, which gives the, team, the defense a lot of time to get their calls made, to get everybody lined up appropriately. They can then start playing their games. They can walk up and they can walk back and they can shift their D-line and they can move their D-line back because they know there's still 19 seconds left on the play clock. Notre Dame's just now breaking the huddle. We can line up and we've got plenty of time to start playing mind games with Sam Hartman right now. But it's harder to play mind games with Sam Hartman when, when Jared Parker's playing mind games with your defensive coordinator. And those are things that I want to see more of uh, because, again, they may only – they may only result in three or four mistakes by the defense, but those three or four mistakes, if you execute them per- correctly, are going to make for about 150-plus yards of offense. And then you start getting into situations where you start using these things to, to better to better get leverage in the run game. There's that aspect of it, too. So it's not just about the pass game. It's about getting numbers or leverage in the run game. And those are different things that I want to see Notre Dame do a better job of, uh, in, in my opinion. And, and you'll, you'll – like – we saw that from Clemson last week where they went in motion across Notre Dame brought their backside safety down and blitzed them off the edge. So Clemson said, okay, we see that. So they came back to I think two series later, a series later, they went motion across DJ Brown came down, blitzed off the edge. They ran inside zone away. And that guy cut right back inside off the tackle underneath DJ Brown's edge pressure and went for a touch and went for a touchdown, 41 yard touchdown using motion to manipulate the defense into doing what you want to do and then having answers for it. That's play calling. That's that's play calling. That's the chess match that is being an offensive coordinator. And I just want to see more of that from Notre Dame. So if you don't want to push the tempo, fine. Totally cool with that. Totally understand that. If I was an, the offensive coordinator of Notre Dame, I wouldn't be a huge tempo guy either. I have always said I want to have the ability to do it to keep teams either A, to keep defenses sort of off balance, you don't know what's coming, or B, I think my offense needs a spark. We need to be able to go. It's something you practice every week. Even if you're not a tempo team, it's called the two-minute drill. So you have mechanisms to speed the game up whenever you need to. You don't always have to wait till the last two minutes to do that. And so if you're not going to do that, that's cool. Totally fine with that. But you then can't be static pre-snap. You've got to be one or the other. You've got to be one or the other. <clears throat> and that's what I want to see. That's number one of what I want to see from Notre Dame offense when you start looking at what the pass game can do to get better and better and better. Number two is be more aggressive. This is, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, right? Watch the film. 
opposing teams are just sitting, sitting, uh, watching Notre Dame to attack, right? And just say, hey, come off the line, run your mesh routes, run your quick game, or run your four verts, and we're gonna we're gonna be all over you, you know, and we're just gonna we're just gonna play your guys, okay? And when you look at it, you say you've got to do things to get them out of what they're doing. So Clemson comes out last week and they're just playing cover one. Okay, great. That's not normally what Clemson does. Well, you've got to have answers. You don't just say, well, crap, they're playing cover one. Well, I guess we're, I guess we're screwed. We're going to try to find a way to figure out the ball. No, no. Do more movement pre-snap. Do more movement post-snap. Be willing to be more aggressive. If you hit a couple shots, then you're going to have those opportunities, right? You're going to have those opportunities to back them off and say, hey, you 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 better be careful doing this. Now, part of that, honestly, is just the quarterback throwing the ball. And there were at least three opportunities last week where guys had a step or were open down the field and the quarterback just didn't throw the football to the right guy. And so that, that's got to be better. But you've also got to be one to take to do more things, in my opinion, schematically to attack teams that we just have not seen. So, yes, Sam Hartman needs to throw the football, but there needed to be more things that they do. We've seen Notre Dame in the spring ran double post concepts. We saw it hit him a big pass play of Jaden Thomas. That's gone. Haven't seen that. I understand Jaden Thomas has been out. Some other guys have been out, but I'm sorry. There's no reason not to be using that concept more, more often, especially with how, how much better the pass protection has gotten. That's a concept you need to be able to go back to. We've seen Notre Dame do some things like that. We saw them run a concept similar to that against USC for a big play. We broke it down on the upon further review where they ran a, I think it was a go comeback read outside, I believe is what it was. And Chris Tyree ran a post with you had a, a, a lot of attached tight end backside, ran a corner route and, and, uh, and, and went at him that way. So that's a, that's an area where you can kind of go and, and, and find an opening with that type of stuff. There's concepts you can run out of that. Uh, they need. We've talked about this before. Do more clear routes where you bring deep unders and you bring deep overs. Either a two receiver play side where you where you run vertical with number two, and then you bring your normal crossers to occupy that play side linebacker who's going to drive on that. And then you bring a deep end cut behind it. You know, there's things you can do when you're playing a man team and zone teams. Both there's both things you can do effectively that can create openings in those situations. And so you need to go to that more often. And, and use some of those concepts. Notre Dame has, has ran sale concepts in the spring and, and do things where you're clearing backside. So you're you're not clearing play side, but you take a backside concept, get that in, hard inside post release, run that over, maybe run a wheel route by number two with your tight end or something, and then kind of bring a little stack delay over across. We talked about when Chip Long did this back in 2019 against Virginia Tech for a big play. I see teams run that every Saturday. There's a lot of things like that that Notre Dame has to be willing to do and so if people are going to tell me, you know, and, and, and you, hear, you hear people talk about, well, you know, we don't have the receivers to, to go win all the time. Okay, that's even more reason to do some of this stuff because you're, you've got to do more things to scheme them open. If you don't have big-time receivers, then what you're doing now is like the worst thing that you can do. You're just running all vert concepts. You're asking them to win one-on-one on the outside, and then you're running a bunch of mess stuff, mesh stuff with guys who aren't really fast enough to scare people like Rico. Rico Flores is not a guy that's going to scare teams on a mesh concept. There's a lot of things Rico does well. That's not one that he really scares you. You're not going to be really concerned about, you know, your tight ends being huge weapons and teams have, they run it so much 
that teams just kind of squat on it. So, okay, so find some things that you can do uh, off of that, that that open things up, right? So run your meshes and maybe do a post wheel underneath it or over top of it, behind it. So those are things that you can see them do. Now, here's some things to do to be more aggressive. For the love of all things holy, can I get a double move? Can I get a double move? I mean, guys, think about this. If Clemson's playing nothing but man defense and they're squatting on your quick game, they're taking away your hitches, they're taking away your mesh, they're taking and they're jump, undercutting your Y option concepts and, and your slant routes and, and they're pick six in it, right? Well, guys, maybe a double move or two might be something that you can see. How about a stick nod from on your on your Y option, right? How about a sluggo? How about a slant and go? How about some kind of concept where you run a quick slide route and, and you've, hey, you got to win on the outside sometimes, right? Run a slant behind it, you know, and then you run a, you know, if they really bite that out concept, you can run a wheel. Like Notre Dame was doing stuff on third short where they're running options and then slides and Clemson was driving hard downhill on those third down concepts and just taking away those those flats. So listen, if they're driving that hard downhill in man coverage to take away a slide, you know what they're going to have a really tough time defending? Flipping their hips and running vertical on a wheel concept. Hard slide, run a wheel. If they're flying outside to take away your slide route from Jeremiah Love, which they were doing, an arrow route would be great off that. Or here's a thought, bang a double slant behind that. The middle linebacker's flying out of there. Run a double slant behind it. There's things you can do to be aggressive uh, that that can create those big play opportunities. Not every big being aggressive is not always about throwing the ball 50 yards down the field. Being aggressive sometimes is saying, hey, let's take a shot on a double move here. You know, and, and it seems like some of Coach Freeman's comments, like, you know, he he we talked about it yesterday with Sean. He views taking a shot and it being incomplete as like somehow some horrible thing. Well, guess what? You get zeros in the run game, you don't stop running the football. You know, if you if you get first time you get tackled for minus one yards on a run play and say, well, scrap that play. We're not doing that crap anymore. No. So why do you treat the pass game that way? Because there's much more reward for big plays by still sticking with that stuff in the pass game. Be willing to take chances. It's not always going to work. But you keep at it. You keep sticking with it because eventually those players, post plays are going to come open. Eventually you're going to find those guys open. And that's where Notre Dame needs to be. And, and that's what I want to see from this offense is be more aggressive. Be willing to take chances. Don't be so afraid of throwing an incomplete pass or an interception that you just paralyze yourself because now you've, you've really taken away your offense's ability to, to reach its full potential. It, can this offense now, with all the injuries, be as good as it could have been a month ago? No. You don't have Mitchell Evans. You don't have Jaden Thomas. You don't have Theon Colsey. You don't have Rocco Spindler. You may not have Zeke Carell. It's not going to be as good as it could have been a month ago, but it definitely can be better than it's been. There's no doubt about it. And 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 that's what I want to see. And, and look, they can go out against Pitt, I mean, against Wake Forest, and, and hit a couple big plays and, and do all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, okay, because that other team's not very good. But I really want to see some aggressiveness with the play calling early. I do. I really do. And and just be willing to take some chances. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
Notre Dame has just two games left in the regular season. And this weekend is the home finale against Wake Forest. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to either game or to your favorite concert or comedy club, Game Time is the place for you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Number three, be more consistent with the RPO game. I don't understand Notre Dame's reluctance to be the RPO, to use the RPOs more. I really don't. I understand the need to have your receivers blocking at times. I, I get that. And your receivers are pretty good at blocking. For all my beefs with Chancey Stucky this year, one thing he's done a pretty good job of is getting his receivers to block really well this season. His freshmen block well. Tobias Merriweather blocks well. You know, a lot of the guys that we've seen play block well. That's good. And there's a time and a place for that. There's a time and a place where I want my receivers going down on the safety who's crashing, not running an RPO, because if we can get that guy blocked, I think I think Audrey can, can increase the front level and go for a big play. That's totally fine. Totally get that. But there also is a need for an RPO game. And we've seen Notre Dame at times do that. I've been told in the past that Jared Parker was an RPO guy. And then we'll see it at times. We saw against Pitt, very well-designed RPO game early. You know, just banging a just to eat something simple as a, as a fade outside with a quick out from the slot. That guy, you have leverage on your snap. If he doesn't fly out at the snap, you ride it, you pull it, and you throw it outside. Easy money. Eight, nine, ten yards stealing. Notre Dame did that two, three times against Pitt for easy eight, nine-yard completions. They ran these little play action, not play action, but they look like play action passes, but they really RPOs where you're running an inside zone and you're having your tight end just kind of leak outside. And if they out, if they don't play it, you just pull it and you throw it eight, nine, 10, 11 yards. Marcus Freeman talks about efficiency all the time at the expense of explosiveness, in my opinion, the way that he talks about it. Well, RPO game to me makes you a much more efficient offense because if a team is going to just bang their head. I mean, you're asking your offense to just bang their head up against the wall without numbered boxes and aggressive teams where when they see run action, here's the thing. You're not running play action pass. So when they see run action, as soon as they see run action, what are they doing? They're flying downhill because they know you're not going to do two things. You're not going to run a play action. You're not going to, and play action can be straight drop play action. It can be bootleg play action. It can be all types of different things in play action. But they know you're not throwing play action. You're not throwing RPO. So as soon as they see the, the old line go downhill, as soon as they see CM Hartman turn downhill, they now know we're going. We're going. That makes it a lot harder to run the football. And so this reluctance to throw play action and to use play action, to use RPOs, to me, 
is is a little bit maddening, to be honest with you. Because, yes, they're playing man covered. So whoever's covering who, whoever's covering who. But if I can run action and I know that they're going to bite hard on my run action because we don't throw play action or use RPOs, I can get that linebacker to fly downhill, which makes that inside slant route versus man a lot more friendly to our offense. I can make that glance a lot more friendly, that quick post or the deep post. I saw Virginia Tech with their quarterback, who's a first-year starter, who didn't even start the season at quarterback as a starting quarterback, banging a post route behind their linebackers against Wake Forest on an RPO throw. So I'm to believe that Virginia Tech's got better offensive skill players than Notre Dame. That's really what you guys are going to try to tell me because they're running RPOs. They're hitting RPOs. They're fake. They're, and they're, they're talking about creativity. I'm watching them with double stacks, tight end, tight, kind of faking a little now screen outside action. Boom, hitting the seam right, right, up the, right up there for a big play. And so I'm seeing these type of things, and I'm not understanding why you're not going to them. Because here's the, here's the crazy thing, and here's the frustrating thing. When you have done it, they've worked really well. You know, NC State plays a lot of man. Play action was huge against NC State. Pitt plays a lot of man. They used RPOs very effectively against Pitt. So why did they disappear against Clemson? The only thing that I can think of is you were afraid of Clemson's defense. That's it. You coached afraid of Clemson's defense. Well, I don't want to see them coach afraid of Wake Forest defense. Bring the RPO game back. It helps the run game and it helps the pass game be a lot more efficient. And it and you got you're going to learn. Do I have guys can win or not? And that's that's going to be the key. Number four, move the pocket. This kind of plays a little bit of the play action game. I'm not one of those people that's obsessed over play action. You got to run 18 play action passes. I love play action. Play action is not something I would do 12 times a game as a quarterback. Play action can be dangerous because a true play action that that that's going to work in Notre Dame's offense is one where I'm going to have to turn my back to the to the defense, and and I don't always love that. There are things you can do RPO wise. There are things you can do play action wise. However, that are, are effective, and and I don't know that this team, the way it's currently constructed, is going to be a great drop back play action team. I think there are some things that you can do with with base play actions, either out of shotgun play actions where Sam can keep his eyes downfield, but also out of kind of drop back, out of pistol or under center shot uh, uh, play actions can work. But I honestly think if you're going to run play action from under center with Sam Hartman, they need to be more bootlegs and half rolls and and and, and things along those lines, uh, RPO game, things like that. So RPO allows Sam to keep his eyes downfield, and then the other play actions allow Sam to get out of the pocket. Now, I don't know if Sam Hartman is a guy – that who for five years never turned his back on the defense really as far as play action they were all all his play actions were front facing play actions now you're teaching him to turn his back and throw the ball down the field he hasn't been good at that I understand that I generally understand that because that's a, a, a trait that is really new to him and now I would have said that's why you run it a lot early and work on it early and you know try to get him going for it but let's say you did that and he just wasn't comfortable with it that's cool I get that. So you don't just keep doing something just because, you know, fans tell you should run more play action to so do some things that, that that he could be more comfortable with. And that's why I think moving the pocket is key because it limits your reads. It's not an immediate, you know, so like a normal play action, I got to ride the play action and then I got to sell it. And then I've got to then get my eyes downfield and find the coverage. That's not always the easiest thing in the world to do on a bootleg. However, I've got more time to get my head around, and, I, and I've ISOed my reads a little bit more. So I'm going to read the flat defender. I may read the hook curl defender, depending on what they do. You know, if they play this way, then I know I got something coming backside. 
I think those are things that are a little bit more, could be a little bit more effective for Notre Dame uh, than just pure drop back play actions. I think the, the pocket movement stuff, I think that's also partly, you know, when I talk about moving the pocket, it's also like riding that outside run stuff and, and having a pull, a pullback play action from there. So I think those are some drop back plays. I, I think we can see more of because they run so much of that pin and pull stuff. I think you can do some really ride that play action, then have Sam drop back. So he never takes his eyes off downfield. I think he'll be more comfortable with that. Those are things that you can do. If you're you just have some minor tweaks to your protection scheme that can allow you to maybe to maybe cut, hit a couple big plays. Cause you don't have to run play action 15 times. If you run it effectively five times, then you're going to have a chance to get some big plays and set some things up. And here's the other thing. If you first time you get into a third and one and you run a play action pass or second and one might be a better time for it. You run a play action pass and Sam gets out the backside and either a, he's got a guy wide open. He just dumps it off to, or B he just runs it for 15, 20 yards. What, what do you think is going to happen the next time they, that, that you're in a, the second and one third and one situation? It might be a little less apt to just crash off the edge, which they're doing now because you're going to boot around them. And they called that against Clemson, and it was three guys wide open. Then they never went back to it. And that's kind of the frustrating thing where it's like, man, you know, you had that as part of your early script, but then once you got off the script, you went away from it, and it wasn't there. So those are some things that I want to see. Moving the pocket, and and moving the pocket is moving it that way. It can be like a little half roll. That's what I'm referring to. Not When I say half roll, uh, uh, it's lack of a better phrase. I'm not talking about like a sprint out half roll. I mean, that's fine. I don't love those. I'd rather just run RPO off that to get that little quick leverage throw. Um, I think when what I'm more referring to is, again, riding that action outside a little bit with like a power read, a power, you know, outside power read, the gap scheme reads, the sweep reads, and then having Sam pull back from there. Those are more of what I'm referring to when it comes to moving the pocket, things that I would like to see them do to move the pocket and, and, and could fit. And then the last part for me that's very important is you need to see what you have. And I talked a little bit about this earlier, but you need to see what you have. You need to see who your receivers are. And, and I talked about this yesterday. I'm going to emphasize it again today. Here's why I think they need to throw the ball to Tobias Merriweather the last two games. Because you definitely need to know what he's made of, right? He wants the ball. He wants to play more. We all know that. Okay, well, we're going to do that now. He played well against Clemson. He did. I know you all focus on that one play on that incredibly underthrown ball where he ran the wrong route, but he can't make those mistakes. But there were other times when he was open and got thrown to football. And here's why I say that. Challenge him. We're going to throw you the ball, not once or twice. We're going to throw you the ball four or five times. We're going to take some shots. We're going to do this because I want to see what he has. And if he goes out there and he runs the wrong routes or he doesn't attack the football or he doesn't make plays down the field, now you know. Because the reality is, whenever he's gotten thrown a remotely accurate pass recently, he's made big plays. He still averaging over 20 yards a catch. You know, he had a really nice play against Clemson where he broke off a route on a scramble, got open for a play. See what he has. Because if he goes out there and doesn't compete for the football, doesn't battle for the football, doesn't, it just gets completely dominated on a 50 50 ball. Guess what? Now you know. Now you know he's not it right now. He's going to have to really show me something in the spring because right now we're thinking we may it may be time to move on until he can make some changes. But see what he has. See what Jaden Greathouse has. Hey, Jade, man, we're going to get you back to, to having the football. So be more creative with how you line up. Okay, Chris Tyree and Jaden Greathouse can't both be in, the, in slots at the same time. All right, here's a thought. What about maybe you put Chris Tyree outside on a couple plays? 
let him run some go routes and some clear routes, and then you can get some ISOs inside with Jane Greathouse against the slots. Love to see something like that. Because if they don't respect Chris Tyree on the outside, you just throw the ball to him, right? So there's some things you can do. Let's see what Jaden's made of. Let's see what Jaden can do. Let's see if he can bounce back from what he's done. Uh, outside, inside, find some concepts that Jaden's comfortable with and get him the football. See what he's made of. You know, again, continue to do things to get the ball into Chris Tyree's hands, pass game-wise, run game-wise. But right now, folks being pass game-wise. Here's the other thing. See what you have it with Jeremiah Love in the pass game. We know that you can run arrows, I mean, uh, slides and wheels because you've run a million of them. And you know who else knows you're going to run those? Every team that you faced. Let's put Jeremiah Love in the slot. You, you clearly don't have faith in your receivers. Let's see what he can do. Let's let him run some routes. Let's let him run some of those mesh concepts. Let's let him run some maybe some wheel routes from uh, more of an outside static position. Let's motion him around. Let's do some things where we where we use him and Audrey together. Run an inside zone with a swing pass RPO concept. If that overhang doesn't want to respect Audrey estimate, then you just keep hammering the inside zone right at him. Boom, boom, boom. As soon as that guy comes inside, I'm pulling and I'm throwing it outside to, to Jeremiah Love. Because, again, you do have good blocking receivers on the outside. That's some stuff that you can do. You've got weapons. You've got weapons. You've got to use those weapons. And those are things that I want to see. And and if, and, and serious thing, if they step up, great. We've got something. Tobias didn't start off well, but he finished strong. We got some momentum with him going to the offseason. Or he doesn't step up, and now you know. Now I know. All right. Let's get that next guy going. Because we gave him a shot. He didn't step up and do it. Put Braylon James in the game for five, ten plays. I know redshirt this. If Braylon James is who we think he is, he's not going to be here for five years. So so I don't care about redshirting Braylon James. Okay, so he's played three games. You can play him one of the next two. Fine. Play him against Wake Forest and don't worry about traveling him to Stanford or something like that. You know what I mean? But give him some chances. And if he goes out and makes plays, you don't necessarily want to redshirt him because you want to play him again the next week and you want to play him again in the bowl game. And see what he's made of. And if he's not who you think he is and he doesn't step up, just like Tobias, okay, now I know. Cam Williams, get yourself ready. Micah Gilbert, get yourself ready. Rico, get yourself ready, right? K.K. Smith, when you come back, get yourself ready. And now you may say, I think we do need to go to the portal because we gave these guys these opportunities. They didn't step up. And, And so now we know. Same thing with Cooper Flanagan. See what he's got. See what Eli Raritan's got. See what these guys are made of. See what Jadarian Price can do in the pass game. There's so many different options. Are any of them elite players? No. But when you have that many options and a six-year senior quarterback, I don't want to hear any more excuses about why you can't do more in the pass game. I don't. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I just there, There's more things you can do. There's different things you can do. Be willing to adjust and adapt. And this team has been very stubborn when it comes to that. And I'd like to see them change it. You've had the time in the bye week to get some of this new stuff in. You've had time to sit down and challenge people. I want to see them do it. So those are the five things for me that I want to see from the Notre Dame pass game over the next five, over the next two games, especially against Wake Forest. Because again, the team that you played in the last game is really bad. And it doesn't mean that what you do against them doesn't matter, because it does. But it's going to matter a little less to me just because of how bad the Stanford defense has been this year. And they just, they lack talent. At least Wake has some NFL guys, in my opinion, in the roster. But Stanford's given up 355, 393, 279, 298, 400, 282, 369, 321 in, in, in the past game this year. They stink. So, yeah, you should do that. But to me, 
it, it doesn't matter if you don't per- perform well against Wake, but you do against Stanford or vice versa. I want to see it both, and it needs to start this week. Challenge guys, get them the opportunities, be willing to adjust what you're doing to fit the guys that you have, and and go at it. And if they can do that these next two games, I'm going to be a lot happier. I know some of you won't. I know there's some people that are just, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this guy. I'm done with that. That's fine. I mean, that, that you are you can do what you want to do. I know there's people that felt that way about Al Golden too. But maybe we see some things and say, hey, look, that's what I've been waiting on. That's what I've been waiting to see, right? Now build on it. Now go do it, right? Stop being so conservative. Now go do it. And maybe we'll feel better. And if we don't see it, then we'll have to think, we'll have to sit down and talk about what they need to be doing differently in a lot of different ways this offseason. So, that's going to do it for this part of the breakdown. Got to have part three coming up here in a second. We're going to talk about the transfer portal. I'm going to take a little quick break, get my notes ready for that part of the show. I got them ready. I just got to get some numbers, some scholarship numbers, and make sure that I'm correct on that uh, when we do that. And then I need to catch my breath and, and, and get some uh, some hydration in me. So I'll be back in about a minute. We're going to put that up. Do me a favor, folks. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast as well. You listen to be a pop, pop, podcast platform. Give us a five-star review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. I'll be back in a minute. While I'm gone, hope that you enjoy the Irish Breakdown theme music. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.